Shout out to our awesome sponsors, El Couture, the female-founded, female-run athleisure brand that we are obsessed with. Obsessed. Obsessed. <laughs> I got today, actually, the Untamed collection. I am one of those girls that only wears black gym wear and generally just black all in my wardrobe. And I got the lace bra and the matching leggings and they are so comfortable. And I would say that for the bra, I have really big boobs and I just thought, you know, I really struggle with sports bras that my tits constantly like flop out of them. I don't feel secure. And honestly, I just think that this bra is perfect because it's high neck and it is super supportive. So really, really recommend it. Love it. And I am delighted to report that we are offering a 20% discount that I will be availing of this evening, Fiona, because I love their collection. So if you use the code LOVEBITES20, it's applicable on full price items only. This can be used online and in store. So there's two stores in Dubai, one on Alwassel Road and one at the beach. They also ship globally. If you're buying from outside of Dubai, then you get free express global shipping with all taxes being covered by El Couture. Which is brilliant news. Thank you so much, El Couture. The following podcast contains strong language and explicit content. And if that offends you, then I suggest you switch this off. This is a Podcast Now production. I still feel it because the two relationships I had ended. So I'm I'm not like, it's almost like, fuck. (laughs) Sorry, everyone. Why does this topic make me cry? Welcome to Love Bites, a podcast about all the things you were told you couldn't talk about. Like the fact that this is our final episode of season one. (laughs) Whatever will I do? Whoever will I talk to and cry to? But don't worry, because we will be back with season two. We're going to take a short break and we will be back. And yes, I just want to apologise for my, if I'm I'm not 100% myself, I feel really shit after my second jab. So just caveating that. Listen. I might not be as witty. We didn't end this with a little weeping Wendy saga. There'd <laughs> be something I'm de- very wrong. I'm, de- um, I'm definitely going to cry. Oh, like at the moment? Or are we going to wait a few minutes? <laughs> I could, if I pushed myself, I could probably cry, but I'm not going to do it. Can you just hold off until <laughs> I say off. my little bit? Because yeah, you know no. it's taken me 20 odd episodes to actually oh, yeah, okay. remember the email address and your Instagram handle. Okay, sorry. So you have the floor. We have <laughs> loved and appreciated from the bottom of our hearts the support of season one we had no fucking idea it was going to happen it came out of nowhere and completely blindsided us and moving forward we just really want to make sure that we're talking about things that matter to you that you appreciate that actually bring value to your life whether that's just being funny or educational or whatever so If there's anything you want to hear more from us moving forward, if there's anything you want us to just shut the fuck up about, also fine. Drop us a DM. Kipperminge. (laughs) No, people love Kipperminge. Drop us a DM on Instagram and our Instagram is at lovebitespodcast underscore. Yes, I know. Uh, Or if you want to email us, it's info at lovebitespodcast.com. Oh my God. 
Finally. Four later, she gets it. How are you, sweetheart? Are you just feeling a wee bit under the weather? Yeah. I don't know. I was... I woke up this morning. This is so uninteresting for the podcast and absolutely no relevance to Love Bites, but whatever. I woke up this morning. So I had it on Saturday and yesterday I was completely wiped out. Literally, I was like... Your second backs, by the way. Second backs. Mm-hmm. I was in bed all day watching Downton Abbey. And then this morning I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I feel so much better. And then at one o'clock this... I don't know if you had this. Literally, it like hit me and I was like, oh my God, I can't even sit in my office. Like a to colossal get tsunami oh of exhaustion. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, I've never been so tired in my life. And I had to get back into bed. Yeah, I was the same. I was knocked off my feet for at least two days. But you know what? At least at least you're sorted. Yeah, at least it's all good now. Um, so what we what I want to talk to you about, Laura, mm-hmm. as this is our final episode, and we don't have oh, any notes. <laughs> Not that we've had notes for many of them. <laughs> <laughs> or we've written them or had a letter and we've just not I read out. them. <laughs> I want to know. Oh, do you know what would be really good? Sorry, just completely sidetracking. Just stop to the script for once. Yeah. Is if JJ could uh, do our best bits. But I feel like that's a lot of editing for him and I don't want to ask him. No, um, I think JJ would so, rapidly tell us to go fuck ourselves, what, but that's okay. So I asked our listeners and followers on Instagram what their favourite episodes were. And the one that came up the most, which I'm ashamed to say, was when Fiona got drunk in Greece. Fuck, what an episode. What an episode. Holy <laughs> shit. I remember just sitting there listening to you going... What in God's holy name is this wee girl talking about? But actually, it was brilliant. I was fucked. You were absolutely blocked. Steamboat Central. So funny. And just just... utterly yourself. And Oh my God. So I listened because obviously we got quite a lot of people come back being like the one where Fee was drunk in Greece. So I listened to it today and I just cringed so badly. And this was the best, this was the best moment from it. When I go, I just can't wait to fucking have a wank. I can't wait for my friend to leave so I can have a wank because I can't stop thinking about sex. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, I, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I said that. Fiona, that was such a good... We've all been there. We've all been know, there. Yeah. We're just not making any sense. But you were so freaking cute as well. And you were so sweet <laughs> and so lovable and so awesome. Oh, my God. What has been your favourite episode? Do you know what? I've got a few. But in terms of, like, momentousness and mm. something that has really <gasps> meant a lot to me... I think the first episode, Fiona, because Aww. what a lot of our listeners won't know is that I was petrified beyond belief. You basically threatened to end our friendship if I didn't do this podcast. I mean, you true or false? That's a bit of an exaggeration. But... You were like, Laura, come on, now stop. Because I was like, oh, Fiona, don't yeah, know, don't know. I did don't. say that. Because you know that I've got this, like... I was like, get great, Laura. <laughs> yeah, huge fear of public speaking. We've worked yeah. together on PR oh, yeah. pitches. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, like you're literally pu- hating my life. Your public to- speaking thing is such a strange... Can I just tell everyone? Laura, who is obviously, we've listened to her for 24 weeks. We know that the girl can, you know, articulate a sentence. 
But it always used to baffle me when we would work together and then we would do these pictures and you would just get stage fright. And for, for someone that is like such a wonderful extrovert, I just it always baffled me. And I do you remember I always used to say to you, you know what you're talking about. Fiona, I know. You, and I'm really glad that you say that because quite often people think it's just me I think bullshitting think, yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's, it's, it's not. I can't speak. So for for this, I think it's kind of worrying about people's perceptions and the lack mm. of control and things. So when you brought it up, I remember my boyfriend sitting in the corner of the the um, kitchen and you were on speakerphone. And I was like, um, Fiona, I don't know if I have time for this. I don't know if I can commit to this. And I remember him just shaking his head and being like, fucking do it. Mm. And then uh, when you put the phone down, he was like, Laura, you have to just do this. And I felt so sick and I was so nervous. I think I had three glasses of wine before the podcast. And you know what? I was sweating fucking the sweat was hanging off my balls. I was so clammy. I was so nervous. I felt sick. But you know what? I got to the end and I was like, I really fucking enjoyed that. It was so much fun. I was like, it wasn't perfect. But then, you know, when is life ever perfect? But I thoroughly enjoyed it. And as a result, it's compelled me to just put one foot in front of the other and even when you're scared shitless and even when you don't know what to do and even when you don't know what the the next step should be just put one fucking foot in front of the other and that will embolden you and that will empower you and that will sometimes give you the seed that will flourish passion and drive that feeling is my favorite episode because you know what i had the balls to take action whereas Previously, I would just be like making myself small and shying away from things. And whilst I outwardly have a lot of self-confidence, I clearly have a self-esteem issue. And you know what? I really could have let that got the better of me. But you being a wonderful friend just dissipated all those fears and were like, shut the fuck up and stop being a dick. And I was like, okay, then. (laughs) I guess I'll do it. I just, and my boyfriend was like, listen, do it. Just don't ever talk about us and our sex life. And I was like, sure. <laughs> One episode sure. later. <laughs> he went down One on me like later. a, what did you say? He, your man went down there like a pig sniffing out truffle. Oh my God. <laughs> so that's really gone out the window. And sometimes as people, if he's out like golfing or whatever, they'll be like, hear me at air. Uh, I heard you come like Chewbacca. And he was like, Lord, did you tell people that? And I was like, I don't think so, no, I don't think so. And he was like, why the fuck would they know? And it was only a joke. And I went, oh, maybe I did mention it. Maybe I did. So friends of his, can you stop fucking telling them things? For Christ's sake. But anyway, see, it's all in good jest. And it's all meant with love, you know. I think they were on that point. Like, you know, I... So what people don't know, and I know we're not really supposed to talk about this, I actually started the podcast with a friend of mine, and Laura's actually, Georgie, and then she couldn't do it anymore, and that's why I asked Laura, because I was like, there's no other person apart from Georgie that I can imagine doing this with, um, and I'm so glad you said yes, because we just had the best time ever. Wait, but I rem- and even when, you and, even when you and Georgie were doing the, I think you got three or four episodes we, yeah, in, like, like four. I was the biggest fan from day one, and whilst I was there, like, giving you guys your shout-outs on... Instagram and recommending it and giving the reviews and I loved it but when it was brought to my door I was like hold on hang on a second yeah 
So, yeah, I think that was one of my favorite in terms of, you know, being really impactful and meaning a lot to me. Oh, I love that, though. Yeah. What about you? Was yours getting pissed or did you have another? No, so, I mean, what I, just like an overview, I've realized something about the format, which is obviously like I talk about guys that I'm going on dates with. And Mm -hmm. right at the start, even like before when we did the Georgie episodes, I had gone on a date with this guy and I remember I was so conscious that he was going to talk about, that he was going to listen, that I remember listening back to them. And I think JJ said to me, oh, you're worried he's going to listen to you because Mm -hmm. I started like talking as if he, I was talking as if he was going to listen. And I think that the first, and then the first episodes with you is what the Mr. Handcuffs. And I'd kind of already gotten over that Um, thing of they were going to listen and I have thought to myself like as the episodes have gone on I'm like is it fair me talking about you know people and like is it is it going to ruin my love life and like are people going to listen and like be worried and I've just realized over the 24 weeks that I don't give a fuck like I don't care and I do now tell people if I go on a date with them by the way I've got this podcast they say oh you're going to mention me and I'll be like probably and like, and I'll be like, if it's interesting, I'll talk about it. Mm-hmm. And either they freak out and they say, do you know what? I'm really private. I don't want to talk about it. And I'll be like, okay. Or they say, oh, okay, cool. Like they don't care. And they and the ones that don't care, they're not listening. They're not listening. Mm-hmm. So I've just decided, and I have like toyed with the idea. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't give so much of my private life away. Like maybe I shouldn't talk about it. And I'm like, you know what? I am going to continue talking about it and fuck the guys. If they are uncomfortable with it, they don't have to listen. And Mm -hmm. half of them don't listen. So do you not find that when we're talking, I, so before we started this podcast together, I really haven't been au fait (laughs) with podcasts. I, I know that you've been a massive podcast aficionado, but I really haven't been so much. So I really had no concept of people actually listening to the podcast. And then, you know, somebody will just say to me on the street, oh, I listened to the podcast and I heard that episode about, you know, you wanting to, you know, you giving Fiona advice about putting a finger up somebody's bum. And I'm like, oh, okay. As I'm in Marks and Spencer's food hall, you know, bruising the bread out. Does that happen? Yes. A girl I went to school with. Oh my god, that's I haven't so seen funny. her in 15 years. She was like, oh my god, Laura. And I was like, oh my god. And I was like, oh, are your kids? And all she was like, fuck the kids. Like, oh my god, that advice about the bomb. Tried that with my husband. And I was like, oh my god, great. And then Fiona, yeah. 33, well, I think we're maybe up to 35,000 downloads. 35,000 people have taken the time to listen to us. Most of the our listeners are repeat listeners and Mm. and long-term fans which is great but sometimes it baffles me that people fucking listen to us i know people listen to the words that we say i know know us through this platform and sometimes if i think i mean my own damn dad listened to an episode thought i was talking about food food banks banks, but i was talking about (laughs) boot wanks and now every time he sees me he's like there's moe porn bitch like this is what my dad says you know even my own father god bless him he was trying to be a really lit dad and trying to be like really woke and down with the kids but there's some things you just don't need to do and listen to and I have also been very surprised so pleasantly surprised about the feedback from people that I would have considered to be 
well, very pious and conservative. They're people that I would have envisaged hating this podcast and really disliking what we are doing and talking about. And they're the same people that have actually expressed how much they like it. Because Fiona, what we're talking about are all the things that we talk about privately mm. or the, they're the things that we talk about with ourselves and there are a lot of the times that the, the the things that we internalize and call shame and guilt and that is exactly the reason why this podcast was created to normalize those things and say all the things and it's brilliant that you and I can do that together yeah, and I, I hope it. that we have a, a relationship continue. that other people can feel the warmth of and as a result other people can really feel like that they're a part of and I truly feel that with everybody that listens I went to church last Sunday right oh wow went to a non-denominational church where we were all like yeah God is love and hands open palms up to the air rocking back and forth having the best time non-denominational church so no Catholic no Protestant non-denominational Christian right and I sat there going, if they find out about love bites <laughs> and they find out that yesterday's podcast was about anal, would I get kicked out? No. And then I thought to myself, why the hell would I? I'm just talking about the things that we all do anyways. Mm. I'm just We're just trying to remove the stigma. So, yeah, it's definitely been a journey of, um, a journey of discovery. Yeah, I mean, the reason why I started listening to podcasts in the first place was because I had become so I was a, I'm a huge Dolly Alderton fan I have been for years like even when she was writing so she's a for those that don't know she's a journalist in the UK she used to write for the Sunday Times and I used to read her dating column at the back of the Sunday Times and then uh, I've, all, I've been a huge fan of her and then she started a podcast with another journalist called Pandora Sykes who I'm also a huge fan of and they had a podcast called The Hilo which was basically a like news culture podcast and I started listening to that and then like I had my heart broken really really badly and um then I discovered Dolly Alderton's podcast, Love Stories. And it was basically where she interviewed people about their most defining relationships. And there was one podcast episode with Bryony Gordon, who's also a journalist for The Telegraph. And she's a huge mental health advocate. I've read, if you, you must read her book, I will put it in our show notes, uh, called The Wrong Knickers. And it talked about, and she said something to me and it struck me so much and it made me feel better. And Bryony said, I, when I was younger, I thought to myself, I can't be the only 27 year old who wants a boyfriend. And why should I not say I want a boyfriend? And it hit me so hard and I listened to all of them and I realized that the stories that the people were talking about, like heartbreak and they were talking about falling in love, it made me realize that it's okay to tell your stories and mm -hmm. that's good. And telling your stories and hearing other people's stories helped me feel better. And I remember mm -hmm. actually I was talking to Georgie about it because Georgie is a huge Hilo fan as well. And she said, because I said, oh, I've discovered this podcast. And she was like, is it making you feel better? And I was like, yes, it is. And that's why that was the kind of reason why I wanted to start this podcast in the first place, because it's okay to tell your stories and it's good to tell your stories because so many people are going through the same thing. And if we can help one person going through heartbreak by telling them that we've also gone through it. And like, you know, we have fantasies about a guy in snicker trousers and like, <clears throat> you know, 
sometimes this this podcast has taught me what a snickers trouser yeah, is i didn't is know true. until then snickers, snickers drops snickers or sometimes you know i use my vibrator seven days a week um on some some weeks and that's okay and like <laughs> that's basically my that was my aim and i'm so glad and i think the mate the defining moment for me with this podcast was when i got my first message on my personal Instagram accounts from someone saying they'd heard the podcast. I think it was how to get over your ex and how much they loved it and how they cried and they were going over an ex. And it was someone that I didn't know. It was a totally random person that there was, they, they must've just found our podcast. And I was like, Oh my God, people we don't know are listening. I, if you're not, isn't that mad? Isn't that absolutely mental? And do you know what I've noticed with you as well throughout? Um, you have definitely Take, you're you're taking relationships and things and you're striding off. Oh, I've grown by your own admission. In the beginning, you had this um, anxious attachment style, and I've still not, got I don't it. want to say manic about things, but you were definitely a lot more stressed out. And as the weeks have gone on, you really process things in a completely mm. different way <clears throat> and oh. look at them in a, in a way that previously it wouldn't even have occurred to you and. I think that's been so wonderful to see. Even the the vulnerability thing um, with you crying, that actually is one of my other favourite podcasts. Not that I'm a Machiavellian monkey that took pleasure in (laughs) seeing you cry, but I loved the words that you spoke. I loved how vulnerable that you were. And I love that you just screamed I want a boyfriend. What the fuck is wrong with me? And I feel that thousands of women were behind you pleading the exact same mantra. Mm. Why the fuck can't I find the partner? I am wonderful and amazing and I want the boyfriend. Why is it not happening? And I stood so strongly behind you, bolstering you, whilst I'm in a very healthy, happy relationship, just a couple of suppose last year um, a year or two ago I was going through the exact same thing and I found your message so empowering and so fucking raw and I love that you didn't try to mask it or mar it or say your words in a different way you just let those words spill out of you like diarrhea because I think it quite often not on the daily but I do think it a lot and I'm just like I'm sick of being I'm sick of constant. God, I'm going to cry again. Oh my okay. God, what the fuck? <laughs> Why does this topic... Caveat, make- <laughs> Fiona is... Fiona is I'm really... I got my period this morning. But my... I'm sick of always being the single person at a party. I'm sick of always being the single person at a wedding. And even when I'm not single, I still feel it because the two relationships that I had ended so i'm 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 not like it's almost like fuck i'm sorry everyone it's all right why does this topic make me cry because fiona you feel it in your soul love is not surface level level love drills all the way down into your heart your soul it penetrates every fiber of your being it sometimes sucks the life out of you and it's totally fine it's totally fine and this is why after the podcast that you cried the way you did we had a plethora of messages it was really nice to hear 
it was also like so I'm glad that it <laughs> there was good that came from it because a lot of people obviously messaged and said they felt exactly the same and really my feeling about it is that I'm sick of being single but I'm also sick of being that person at a dinner party that's wheeled out to tell their stories of their single life and it's it's not it's not funny to sit and to sit there and be like, oh, Fee, tell tell that really hilarious story where you turned up to that guy's house absolutely shit faced and banged down his door, and like it, oh, what no. it is funny, I get it, but also it's not that funny. Actually, it's pretty fucking sad, and actually, and I feel that a lot because it's almost like, and I heard this is something that Bryony Gordon said on this podcast that I've really felt. She said that she had the same and it was almost like people in relationships want to be a tourist in your life, but yeah. you don't really want to live there. Like, mm -hmm. oh, the worst thing anyone can say to a single person is, oh, I'm living vicariously through you. And it's like, okay, but I'm not a TV screen that you can watch it's such for, a fair point for entertainment and then leave and turn it off when you want to and go back to your mm -hmm. life. Because it's not, it's not entertaining. I can assure you being in it for a long time, even when, that's the thing, it's so weird. Because it's like, even when I had a relationship, I still was, I still always felt like a bit of an outsider into the like world of couples. Because I obviously have always been the single friend, constantly. <laughs> so it is upsetting. And I really don't want, like... And I, I almost am like, I don't, I don't know. I think it's a completely fair point and it really harks back to that famous Bridget Jones scene where she's like surrounded by all these like super affluent, smug um, couples and she's wheeled out as the, the singleton and exactly it's like, tell your that. stories. Mm. And she's sitting at the head of the table feeling completely exposed and feeling like a bit of a circus freak as the single person. Yeah. And it Again, you know, something like to be mindful of if you are a couple or whatever and you're asking somebody about their their single life, just to be mindful of potentially how that would make somebody feel because mm. you're 100%. And while, while you can regale people of really funny stories and things like that, that also has a limit when it's just not really funny anymore. Mm. And, you know, if people want to hear your funny stories, then direct them to the podcast, you know. Yeah. And I understand as well, people don't mean it they don't know they, and they people don't, don't mean it in anything but a you know it's a it's a comedic you know it's a comedic element yeah. there's great stories to tell you're obviously a natural born storyteller that's you know, the thing as well like if I you, know if you I said am. to somebody that really hurts me or you started crying they would be mortified oh, they would be mortified but again it's one of those things another you know another little string added to the bow, bow of singledom where you just think fuck up fuck up and stop asking me about my single stories i'm done mm. say that next time i'm going listen, to and, and listen dolores <clears throat> fuck up fuck up but go also, to the podcast and listen to the yeah, tune in there. it's like when people um and they, they don't mean it as well people message not. me and they say you know oh how how are things how's your love life how are things with boys and it, it's almost like that Bridget Jones moment you know when she when she uh when she says and she goes into the turkey curry buffet and she goes and you're um and you're asked the question dreaded by all singles 
And then her uncle goes, how's your love life? And grabs her arse. And then you're just like, super. And you're just I like, know. oh, I don't want to tell you because there's too much to fucking tell. And it's you know all- what? I've noticed that I do that myself. So one of my um, cousins, she is like, really hot. like so eligible. And I constantly ask her, I mean, she lives on the other side of the world. We're like, what about the boys? Like, what about romance? And I understand that that must be really infuriating and annoying for her to be continuously asked. But I suppose when you so want somebody to yeah. meet somebody because you know what's important to them, you kind of just will the conversation to go that way. And you just want them to tell you, yes, I've met this great, great guy and stuff. But that's something I definitely need to be more mindful of. Because I guess if somebody's got a great story to tell and they've met they'll somebody, they'll let, you, they'll let you know themselves. Yeah, because it's almost yeah. like I get, I get asked... Because it's almost like being single is my USP. Because mm. to, because it is, no one really like, oh, how's work? It's like, oh, yeah, boring. Like, what have you been up to? Oh, nothing. Like, when someone's single, obviously, there's usually a little bit to tell. Whether it's, do you know what? I've decided to take a break. Or do you know what? I'm seeing this guy or girl or whatever. It's it's the interesting thing Mm-hmm. to to ask someone um i don't think i ever really ask people because obviously my close friends i know i know what's going on in their love lives but i don't think that i ever really ask well so few of my friends are single these days it's very difficult to find someone that is actually single but like my single friend i don't think i would ask them how their love life is i think i would just it would just come up in conversation. Like I saw my friend the other day from school that I haven't seen in a really long time. Um, and I know she's single and I'm single. And I don't think we ended up, and as two single people, I don't think we ended up talking about our love lives until, until well, we were messaging each other and then she came around to my house and then we spoke about it. Mm-hmm. But, it but I think it's a very much a, a thing of uh, someone that's in a relationship that asks you. Single people don't really ask each other. <laughs> Fair enough. But anyway, that totally digressed. Hi, fun! <laughs> Is the dog there? You just walked out and went, oh shit, and then went back out again. So um, glad you didn't say anything. So just and- ask, I haven't even answered your question what my favourite episode is. So my favourite episode by far, because it just made me laugh so much, was how to make your vagina taste good. When you said that your vagina smelled like pepper ma- peppered mackerel. I literally, and I listened back to it. And when you were like about the noise, the sound effects you made when the <laughs> when you birthed your six week old tampon after being oh having God. buckets in time. <laughs> Oh my god, the fact that we're actually reliving this moment, I thought I just left that so far in the past. What a fucking story, double dropping. But that was, Tampon. it was also the, the white, again, the white so jumpsuit. so many messages to, of people telling oh us that they've god. done that. I thought I was the only one. That was such a good episode, Fiona, like. Oh my god, that made me laugh. There's so many I've things. I've still got, do you know what, I've actually, I'm at my desk, I've still got the berries and I've still got the, because you know the, so, okay, this is also another thing. So the miracle berry fruit thing, which I'd suggested as the 
as the thing that makes your vagina that's supposed to take your vagina. I tried it with the barber, and I think, yeah, like I said, I think I said this. I don't know why I'm taking them out. But um, I need to empty this desk, actually. Someone's coming to collect it tomorrow. But um, I think we just were... He, he tr he took it and then we were kissing for ages and I think it probably rubbed off. So I do want to try it again. I definitely wore off. Not with a frog. Not with a frog frog. It doesn't fucking go down on me. Ooh, still Was hasn't. That said with a little hint of annoyance or yeah, but I feel like it's got to the point with me and him where I just say it to his face now. I'm like, I think it's okay. Fucking well, rude. that's good. And he still hasn't um, done it. I had another fucking <coughs> stunning orgasm. Did you? Yeah, oh, second so time. And again, Fiona, I've benefited so cathartically from this podcast. You have no idea. I've talked about things with you that have never come out anywhere else. And I've realised, and it was one of the, something you said recently, um, probably in one of the earliest podcasts about obviously a woman's most sexual organ being her mind. Mm. And what I realised that I did was I talked myself into such a stupor, I basically convinced myself that it was impossible for me to climax through oral sex and for me it was like it's just not my thing and then whatever happened I tried to remove myself from my own fucking mind and I just let go and I you know pictured some stuff when he was down there and then it happened majestically and then I was armed with the knowledge that you can fucking do this this can happen again Second time, the same thing happened. And I was like, holy fuck. That is not just a coincidence. I can now make that happen. What a revelation that the sex for a woman is controlled primarily through her big, massive sex organ, i.e. the brain. It's Absolutely. Mad. And I, I was listening to this podcast today with Esther Perel, who is so clever, and Sex with Emily, Emily Morse. Um, I think I put it on our Instagram. Yeah, you did. And I checked it that was, out. It's oh, awesome. you must listen to it. It's so good. And they were talking about giving and receiving. And a lot of people find it difficult to uh, receive as it the only thing that's being done to them because they see that receiving is only a gift after they've given which mm -hmm. I think is so true of females when we have sex like we only feel like it's okay for us to receive if we've already done oral sex or like we wouldn't just take the orgasm that we've been given and just be like thank you so much Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, men, like what happened to me the other morning when I gave a blowjob and then he fucking pulled up his pants and was like, what a great start to the day. And I was just like, what? Yeah. And I don't think men, I don't think men have conscious. No, let me rephrase. Not all men have the consciousness that, you know, mm -hmm. but as a woman, I couldn't do that. The only person that I've been able to do that with where I've just taken it and just been like, fine, is the barber. And that's because he constantly tells me how much he likes doing it. Okay. Which so is, I think, a treat for him. So he, yeah. So you know, God, he's been a he's been a constant figure in this entire podcast. He's been I my most you squirt. Yeah, well, it's time. been. I mean, obviously, I haven't seen him for a while. Um, but <laughs> was that a subliminal way? Shut up. Do, I didn't no. know. Do you mean to do that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Should I not have mentioned it? It's fine, whatever. Okay. Um, anyway. Guess who um, I saw this with, Fiona? Who? Guess who I met in real life? 
Who? Not oh, Joe. Oh, you Butler. met Lisa. I met Lisa. So Lisa has probably been mentioned on this port- oh God, podcast so more than like anybody else. More than Joe Butler. Um, so she is um, a big fan, obviously. And so was her husband, Nige. I was actually more excited to meet Nige than I was. Okay, not more excited. But um, I went back to Lisa's house for a glass of wine after and Nige was coming in. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm meeting a celebrity because she's obviously very open about her relationship mm. and whether he likes it or not, Nige kind of gets dragged into her social media uh, presence. But Lisa is the relationship coach and she is a phenomenal woman. She's a coach and she has educated me so much about things primarily love languages and things like that about if you're not speaking to your partner and their love language and you're essentially speaking another language completely and she has been she's shared so many brilliant insights with us she's been so supportive and if you don't already give lisa mcfarland a follow the relationship what's her relationship i'll add it to the show notes i did the show notes i'm not um 100 sure but anyways meeting her she sat down and by the way in real life is stunningly beautiful she is online but you know when somebody really is so um luminous in real life and when she talks about her social media talking about all the things she is like that in real life she just sits Mm -hmm. down listens talks talks comes straight out and says right laura what about this issue about you not being able to come through oral sex we were sitting down having an afternoon tea with pensioners on the next table and I was like, oh, okay. She was like, do this, do this, giving all these suggestions. And I just loved her for it. She has such a vested interest in the topics that we talk about. And mm. Lisa, thank you for being such a fan. Oh, and I know she's been you. giving you like so much therapy. Oh as my well, God, Fiona. she's been giving me side note, sidebar therapy. Do you know though, Lisa was the one which I think I'll, and I'll, I'll never forget her for it. I'll never forget her anyway, but like, Lisa was the one actually like in the beginning episodes of Mr. Handcuffs where she told me what my love language was and I thought it was something completely different. She messaged me and said, because I was saying, oh, he's not doing this, this and this. She messaged me and was like, your love language is words of affirmation. And I messaged her and I was like, no, it's not. It's gifts and acts of service. And she was like, no, his love language is acts of service and yours is words of affirmation she's so insightful she sorry relationship.coaching.ni yeah um lisa mcfarland and um, it was brilliant to see her and you know it just goes to show how we all want to talk about these things and sometimes we just need the nod from the other mm. person to say that it's okay and then we can open up so much and it's just bloody brilliant so that was a brilliant meeting this week i thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that on so many levels and another message that we got last week a big fan of yours my friend jen who just is obsessed with you and thinks you're wonderful which you are by the way but she sent us a really long message a couple of weeks ago that made us both cry actually being so sweet and open about things and how much she's benefited from the podcast but she mentioned that what we have talked about has actually really impacted her relationship and how she actually deals with things and instead of shying away from them she actually talks to her partner um i'm paraphrasing here but for example if they haven't had sex in a while or in general i'm not specifying their relationship i'm just saying for example if i haven't had sex with my boyfriend in a while instead of letting it like go under the radar 
actually talking about it and being like, by the way, the reason that we maybe haven't is because of X, Y, or Z and troubleshooting, which is one of the most important things that you can do and actually talking about why it's not happening and trying to put a plan in place instead of it becoming a thing where resentments build and, you know, the longer it goes on, the harder it is to communicate and solve. So I really appreciated, um, I really appreciated that sentiment and for sure, it's something that I've definitely taken with me. Like actually just talking about things, shooting the breeze with my partner instead of let, letting things build up inside of me, which I did before. And then my relationship totally, like totally imploded and mm. stuff. So, But that's such a good point. And I even think it's something that I've, and it's something that Lisa always says, you know, all whenever I ask her a question, usually the, the summary is talk about it. And I have taken that on board so much more and I feel like maybe this is why coming to the end of this season I'm ending it still seeing the photographer and probably one of the reasons why I'm still seeing the photographer is because I've just been my most authentic self and even though I have had times where I've been a bit like oh my god like you know he's not messaging me back fast enough whatever I've like I've used my words as Lisa likes to say about Mm -hmm. things like when I I'm words of affirmation and I said to him you don't tell me that I look nice and what did he do last weekend told me about five times and it made me feel so much better because usually I would just internalize it and be like oh my god you know shit um you know feeling so shit about myself or he's not doing this but actually I said something and it made me feel so much better Fiona that in our careers (laughs) well you especially me when I try to speak openly in certain forums I just go to shit but for the most part we are paid to communicate we are paid to communicate the message and the ethos and the brand dna of our clients we can communicate in spoken word we can communicate in written word every which way but when it comes to the most fundamental element of our lives i.e our personal relationships and you know our love lives we find it so difficult to say it And actually all it takes you to do is open your mouth and let the Mm. words come out. They don't need to be perfectly crafted. It doesn't need to be a well-honed soliloquy. It just needs to flow and it just needs to Mm. come out of your mouth one word after the other. And, you know... Well, on that note, actually, there is something that I'm going to say to the photographer. And by the time this episode comes out, no one's going to know the answer basically until we start season two but I'm saying it anyway like um we'll come to a natural end obviously when I have to go back to Dubai which is at the end of the month which is what in like a couple of weeks but honestly I don't want it to end (laughs) I don't want it to end and I know that we said things you know he said about not wanting to have anything serious and all this sort of thing because he's going away and I said I'm going away as well that was said on date four we're now on what like date eight or something like it's been like another month basically since that was said and I'm just gonna say something to him because usually I wouldn't I would just like you know we'd end it and I'd be sad about it and I'd probably get over it and it'd be fine but I'm just gonna say something to him because why not why the fuck not What's the Use worst? Words. Use my words. Use my words. Use my words. And say the words. Mm. I'm going to say it to him. As long as you are prepared for to- yeah, I am. potentially not, he- you know. And I, not- I am prepared because also at the same time, I'm prepared because I'm in no worse off than I was because the same, what happens after I say it, the act, 
you know, the stuff that's going to happen after me moving to Dubai is still going to happen. Mm-hmm. All I will go away with is that I'm no regret. So I'm going to say something to him because, and I don't know what I'm, what I want out of it. But I just want it, it. That's the thing. Like what I, what I don't, what I want, I don't know what I want out of it. Like I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not expecting him to say, let's be in a relationship, but I'm not expecting nothing. I'm just, I don't know what I'm expecting. And I'm going okay. in with no expectation. Again, you don't have to yeah. create a thesis here. You just have to say what you're feeling. And if you don't know what you want, say, listen, I don't know what I want. I don't actually know what I'm trying yeah. to convey. I just need to it's, tell I just you why I'm t- feeling. Exactly. Which is I'm worried about missing you. I really feel like I've fucking got something mm. with you. We've got something together. And it makes me sad that I'm not going to be living in yeah. the country with you it does it doesn't have to be perfectly orchestrated yeah and this is even looping this back to me agreeing to do the podcast with you life is rarely or perfectly orchestrated and if you're waiting for the perfect moment to do and say things you're going to be stuck and paralyzed by fear Mm. for the rest of your life just say it Mm. Just do it. What is the worst that can happen? Exactly, and I feel like also just maybe this is a maybe this is a really great learning to like you know end season one with for me is me and him have such an amazing connection outside of the bedroom. Like we get on as well as you and I get on. Like we talk to each other and speak as if we're best friends. Like the the chat we could chat all night and not run out of things to talk about. Like when we're with each other, we talk constantly and it's never boring. And it's like, we're constantly laughing and we get each other's humor. And I think also, which is a really important thing for me, we're intellectually matched, which has always been a bit of an issue with me. I've always probably gone out with guys who aren't as intellectual and it has been issues because I've got bored of the conversation. And it hasn't been like that. The sex okay, it's not as fire and chemistry as it is with me and the barber, but that is something that I think happens over time, that can happen over time, because realistically, in the grand scheme of things, we haven't been together that long. Actually, it was something that I, and this again, this amazing podcast I was listening today with Esther Perel, she was talking about, you know, we expect, and this is something I think you've said it as well, we expect so much from our partners. We expect to have that chemistry outside the bedroom. We expect to have it in the bedroom. We expect to have a best friend and that we put so much pressure on. But actually, for me, I think I haven't realized until I met the photographer how important it is for me to have the chemistry outside the bedroom because usually I look for it in the bedroom and everything else comes after. But actually, it's been almost like a sapiosexual thing for me where I've I'm so attracted to his mind more than I am in the bedroom which is amazing and that does not come about every day that is not and that's why I want to say something to him because I'm like this does not happen every day you can't all you have to say yeah I am I am gonna and like it obviously fucking helps that he is so hot it's not even funny but like that is but weirdly that is such a small part of it now. Mm-hmm. Like at first I was like, fuck, he's so like hot. The, the soul and the man yeah. attached to the penis. Yeah. Like and there's like, so much more to him than just the sex. And what that, um, the podcast that you, uh, you shared today, that is exactly the sentiment that I've tried to um, hone in on 
we expect so much from our partner and they can't give us everything we have to fill our Mm. own cup we're responsible for our own happiness and our own life and our own pursuit of pleasure we have got family we've got friends we've got colleagues that we can go to for certain things Mm. your partner doesn't have to tick every single box no they just have to align with you in terms of your your core values in my opinion and do you know what everything else outside of that you can really work on if you choose to um so that's a really it's a great conclusion to point to, to end on yeah i mean what, what am i going to do without you actually i'm coming to dubai for at least a month okay perfect. so we are actually going to be doing our podcasts in the same room drinking wine i imagine oh my god i literally cannot wait I can't That's wait. so exciting. And we'll obviously um, keep you guys in the loop as to what we have planned for the next season. We did ask you actually um, on Insta Stories and we got a lot of suggestions, mm. including hearing things from a meal perspective, which I think is brilliant, and a lot of other topics to discuss. Um, so, so, Laura, you know, on a final note, what have you learnt from this podcast? What has been summarize like what has been your biggest learning from the things that we've talked about apart from that your vagina smells like a pepper mackerel sometimes <laughs> what has been the most important thing i think you know the journey that i've come through this year you and i have been on the same path for a lot of it ending my life in dubai we basically both left at much the same time going through COVID. I just come out of a breakup and probably this year, it's not that I've been in a bad place, but I've definitely struggled with the transition. I've definitely struggled with a lot of those elements, reconciling the fact that I now live at home and I'll say it once and I'll say it again. I was never as unhappy than I was when I had the material possessions hanging out of me. On the surface, I should have been the happiest girl in the world, jetting around the world, business class, massive engagement ring, gorgeous apartment, living the life, and I was fucking miserable. And I've come home now, and for all intents and purposes, I've got a very simple life, shall we say, and I don't have all those things anymore, but I'm fundamentally the happiest I have ever been with the best man and it has gone to show me that money and material possessions don't fucking matter they don't mean shit it all comes down to the person and the man and the soul and the essence and the love and the kindness those are the things that keep you warm at night it's the small things that keep you warm the big things are fucking amazing. Isn't it brilliant to be thrown to the Maldives? The small things are keep, well, keep and I, I know that's probably going to fucking set you off again because those, I'm it sorry. Does, only as I was saying it, I was like, they're the things that you currently don't have and you want. And I, and I, I know that you're going to get those things. You're going to get Oh my them. God. What, last time you did this, that's what set me off because. I shouldn't have said that. No, I didn't it's mean good. To. I'm, I'm glad you said it because that they are the things that matter and it is the small things that matter and that's also something that I've learned obviously I've learned a lot about myself 
because someone, Lisa, bless her, has pointed out things about how I attach myself and I get anxiety and I've noticed now that my anxious attachment style triggers when I attach myself to someone. Mm-hmm. If I haven't, if I have no anxiety, there's no attachment, which is actually a good way to to realize stuff, which is good. There's so much I've learned about myself, my attachment style, my love language. And now it's so much easier to navigate because when I start feeling anxious, if the photographer has done something, I know what it is. And I don't, I reel, but I don't do it as badly because I understand what it is. And also it's the small things that matter. Mm-hmm. And also I think that like, for example, tomorrow he's coming round for like 20 minutes because he's going to collapse my table that someone's buying that I asked him to do. And it's those things that make you realize that someone likes you. It's not the bunch of roses that they bring on a date bringing you to Zuma for dinner or they take you you know they take you to like the best restaurant in the world it does those things don't really matter because everyone can do them but showing up midweek to deconstruct a table when you're really fucking busy really means something to help Mm. someone else or like you know I don't know whatever it is those are the things that I'll cherish more then and actually looking back on my relationship that I talk about and I've cried about and whatever where I was super heartbroken I look back now and if he ever asked me I don't know if I'd ever have this conversation I would tell him that the things that he did for me I overlooked because I was looking for the big things when actually Mm -hmm. I should have been appreciating when he cooked me dinner or the small things rather than wanting him to plaster me all over his social media or buy me a Valentine's Day gift or, you know, go on a date night with me so I could put it on social media. Social media is fucking evil. I love how honest you're being with that, Fiona. Do you know so many people have done those things and they mm. would never curdy admit them, especially mm. not to 35,000 people. No. And, and that I... is so fucking awesome and so brave. And and I think that's why I was so heartbroken. out of us tonight. What I know, the fuck? Hell. I need to get a goddamn room. No, I but love it. You're just, and you know, Fiona, you emanate such warmth and honesty. And people, what you say resonates with people if they're in a relationship, if they're single, whatever. And I think people really respect you and your vulnerability and how you just put your hands mm-hmm. up to admit those things because we all feel them and we've all done them in the past. We've all been fucking stupid. But it's just sometimes nice to hear somebody mm. say it so you don't feel like you're the only one. Well, I, just to talk about how much I love you, I'm so, just to end this, I'm so proud of you that you've had this journey from the girl that I knew with all the things, but actually the inner core was a bit empty. And now mm. you've got the gooey centre. Just... Just the luxuries of life. Just maybe like a milk chocolate coating. I'm not living in a hovel, by the way. Rather than like nice life at home. But everybody knows that there's a big adjustment between life in Dubai for 12 years and living back in Northern Ireland. I think. Do you remember when I said I don't remember? I can't remember which episode I said it, and I think it was the episode that we like initially cried on. And I was, I said the same things to you. I was like, I'm so proud of you because you've gone from you know flying from all these first class to to being an island. And I was like, it's not like she's like destitute 
it's really funny because you actually live in a really lovely home but it's just the comparison of the two lives and like i mean don't get me wrong like my life is way more simple here because you do just live a much more simple life and i i am for me that is what i am looking for and i'll i'll I want to say the word cherish again, but that kind of calm serenity of bowling around Sainsbury's on a Sunday doing your weekly shop is far more passionate than, you know, having wild sex every night in a five-star villa in, you know, the middle of the sea in the Maldives, although I'd quite like to do that as well. And let the, let the peace be the passion. The peace is the, peace is the passion. Oh, wonderful. Should Let's we get, get merch. I'm desperate to get the passion and Kipperminge. Kipperminge. I also want Gigalida on there. On that note, my darling. Oh my god! I don't want to it's say the goodbye. Last time we're saying it for season one. I'm gonna hell? really miss you. Are you listening crying. at home? You better say it with us. I don't care if you're out walking, you're par walking on the gym. <laughs> oh my god! I have to give somebody a shout out. Okay, go. He said he can't believe he cannot believe that we've got this whole first season and he hasn't got a shout out mz muhammad oh my god he listens to us stop it every single week in the gym he says quite often he's doing legs or like pumping up his biceps or whatever and he listens to us and he actually reverberates word for word things that we've said so he listens intently so on that note muhammad zahid love you loads love you by the way this is it See you later!